Well, welcome. We are super excited. We're back. We're back with another devoted oh. dish. Hey. Yes. With a Bye. very special guest. Yeah, and I think maybe maybe one of our most exciting guests. Although, I mean, we have some great exciting guests, but. <laughs> I know. Look, I'm 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 the most special, right? The most. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Just yes. Of course. Who, um, before we should we dance first? Um, I feel like we should dance, and then we'll do the intro into the dish. Agree. agree. And did you practice your chair dancing moves before oh, the start? Okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, okay. I'm, all yeah. Good. I'm very good at chair dancing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, well, I feel like too when we get to the music, and as we show off this lovely. I've got my episodes right. Number eight episode. It gives away a little bit of who we are talking with today. But mm. let's dance. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love the Macarena being busted out. Man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's like it, I, for sure you can tell someone who uh, had their prime in the 90s. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, yeah, like our gym class was just the Macarena. They were like, you want to work out? We'll play Macarena. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Every school dance, every wedding required. It's still now, fascinating. I, but you know what's funny is I don't I don't hear it as much as one of the line dances. Now it's like the Cupid shuffle, the wobble, like. But I have I'm like the first one to get on that dance floor and like show everyone how to do that line dance. I don't know about you guys. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Like we're gonna have to when we get together next, you're gonna have to show me. All right, I'll, I'll yeah. teach you. I'll teach you the wobble. <laughs> <laughs> we'll record that. That'll be part of one of our special episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna sit that one out, but you can teach me. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, welcome back to another episode of The Dish. Um, Laura, Stephanie here. We are ready and excited. We have another guest, um, a very special guest, Ed Park, our co-founder and CEO of Devoted Health is with us today. And we are going to be dishing on lots of things in a very short amount of time. So we're going to see how quickly we can get through some of this information, but we want to make sure that it is valuable. So, Ed, I'm going to let you Tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background before we get into the meat of the conversation. Awesome. Uh, so I'm Ed Park, co-founder and CEO of Devoted. I started Devoted with my brother Todd seven years ago. Uh, he, We grew up in Ohio. Uh, my parents came over from Korea in 69 at the tail end of the civil rights movement in the Vietnam War. They decided that they were going to plunk down in the middle of Ohio. Uh, so Todd and I grew up among cornfields and bass ponds. We grew up looking up to people like uh, John Glenn, who was a senator, and uh, uh, and Dave Thomas, who was the co-founder of Wendy's. Uh, like, who doesn't love Wendy's? Uh, and got it's a staple. Amazing, a staple, yeah. right? Like, uh, love those big making cheeseburger all day. Yeah, uh, all all day long. Uh, where's the beef, right? right. And. Um, and uh, after going to college, we decided to pursue our dream of starting a company together. Uh, we had always viewed America as a shining city on a hill. That's what we were taught growing up, where you could get, you could, you could get anything done if you just put your mind to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we really wanted to do was we wanted to try to figure out how to give back to this great country of ours uh, and help people. Uh, and one place that we realized was massively uh, 
uh, an area of great opportunity is probably the way, right, way to say this, it was healthcare uh, because there was uh, so much being spent and so little that was actually being done. And so we really wanted to help there. So the first company we started was a company called Athena Health. Uh, Athena was a women's health company. It started off as a women's health company. Uh, and the, the idea behind it was take better care of moms during their uh, pregnancy and reduce the number of bad things that happened uh, during the delivery. And the clinical model worked, the financial model didn't, uh, and so we pivoted the business uh, and turned it into a electronic health records business uh, that did really well. We could took it public on the NASDAQ in 2007. It was the top performing IPO of that year. Uh, and uh, we continued running. Um, and 2016, I stepped down from that. And in 2017, Todd and I decided that we were going to take all the lessons learned from the prior 20 years, uh, all of the, <laughs> the heartache and pain and all the uh, uh, unbelievable uh, sort of just just scars on our back from from all the things that we'd seen, uh, take all those lessons put together, and we started to devote it. That's amazing. That is amazing. And I, I, one question I have to ask, Ed, when, when you tell this story too, is um, do you ever see uh, yourself stepping down or leaving devoted? This is the last job I'm ever going to have. Like, look, I mean, I think that the, here, here's one really great thing about starting your own company. You get to work with people you like to work with. Like, you know, it's like, why do people leave places? A lot of the times it's like, you don't like the people that you're working with. Uh, but I get to work with people like you. Uh, and so like when when you get to hire the people that you want to work with and you just want to work with them on a mission you believe in, um, this is going to be the last place I, I, I ever work at. And so I am uh, just super, super honored to be here. I love that. It's such an amazing group of people that we get the chance to to work with, for sure. Yeah. It is so true. And Laura, right off the bat, hitting some. I know. I didn't go in light. I was like, you know what? We're just I, don't like, I feel like I'm in a hot seat. It's like, hey. <laughs> yeah. Thank you and all, but <laughs> get ready. We sent you some questions in advance, but we're not going to ask you any of them. We are just going to go way off topic. <laughs> no, absolutely. And so, Ed, while we have you here today, we would do want to cover quite a range of topics, but would love to start with the history of MA. So where did it come from? What's the origin of Medicare Advantage plans? Um, so that as brokers are listening, and even myself listening, of learning kind of the story and the history behind where we are today. Yeah, so I'll motivate this by basically saying, like, why am I looking at this stuff? And the answer is because you look at today's healthcare system and you see something that doesn't make any sense. It is hopelessly fragmented. Uh, you have a system that is uh, incredibly focused on reactive care, not preventive care. And you see uh, a system in which there's a diabetic amputation every 30 seconds of this country. And you're like, why isn't someone preventing these things? You see people who are on 15, 20 different medications at the same time, uh, many of which have uh, very uh, uh, bad interactions with each other. And you're asking, like, what's going on? Like, you, And we've all had experiences where we've had a loved one or a friend or ourselves just pinballing through this system. And you're like, where's the coordination? Why does it feel so 
uncoordinated? Where did it come from? When it's so obvious that if you just spent time trying to prevent those things from happening and trying to get people to live longer, happier, healthier, healthier lives, that it seems like that's the obvious thing to try to do. And so the reason like I started looking into the history of healthcare was to try to figure out how did we get here? Like, how do we get to a place where things don't make sense? Uh, and I, it, it turns out it goes all the way back. I'll, I'll, it goes way back in time, but I'll just start actually a century back, 1900. In 1900, the average life expectancy uh, was 47 years old, 47 years old in, in 1900. Um, the leading causes of death were tuberculosis and pneumonia. Uh, like that's, it was infectious disease. Like all of those things happened. Um, and so as healthcare began to evolve and you looked at different uh, things, the first thing is how do you start taking better care of people? And that evolution started happening in the 1930s, 1940s under uh, like employer-sponsored insurance. You needed some idea, this idea of healthcare insurance. Make sure that you take care of people. Um, and most people don't understand that our current employer-based insurance system is an accident of uh, history from the 1940s. So what happened during the 1940s during World War II is that uh, the U.S. government said to all the manufacturing facilities, hey, guys, we need you to go out there and actually fight the war for us, right? You know, yep. American manufacturing strong. And because we need everyone to work together, you guys are not allowed to compete on wages. You can't compete on wages. You can't offer better wages. So all the different manufacturing companies uh, weren't allowed to compete on wages because the government said, we need you all to work together in the war effort. But you can compete on supplemental benefits. And so what the employer started to do, is they started to put together health insurance as a supplemental benefit. And that's where this whole idea of employer-based insurance really began to take off. Um, and that actually helped uh, people under the age of about 65, which is the end of the working age. But then you saw something happen, like around 1950, uh, just if you take the, the first part of this, a lot of the uh, uh, sort of infectious disease stuff had actually been eradicated. Like we got to the point where pneumonia and tuberculosis and polio, they weren't things anymore. And suddenly people started living longer than ever. We started living longer. And you had this burgeoning sort of class of people, of senior citizens, um, who needed healthcare and who were living longer and longer and longer. Um, and so one thing that occurred is that in 1965, uh, you had the passage of Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. It's if you live that long, and again, like if you live in a society where the average age is 47, like you're not going to basically pass something that says, I'm going to take right. care of you because you're 65, right? You're going to work all the way until the end. Yeah. But then you have the employer-based insurance, which took care of everyone, like, who was working age um, and then you had this new class of retirees and social security and medicare in particular were a promise to the american people that the american government will take care of you when you get old right and 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 that uh is sort of the center of uh, a centerpiece promise of what occurred um since then I, medicare the cost of medicare has continued to grow to the point where our total cost of healthcare in the country, in, 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 in the U.S. this year is going to be $4.9 trillion. It's, it, it's actually an, an inconceivable sum. When, you, when yeah. you put this in the context of the world economy, U.S. healthcare is by itself the third largest economy in the world. There's the U.S., there's China, there's U.S. healthcare, and then there's Japan and Germany. 
It's wow. an incredibly large economy. And what happened over the, you know, the last uh, 50 years since the passage of Medicare, it's kept going up and up and up and up. And so what do you do when you realize you're not very good at managing the cost of care? You start looking for solutions. Mm -hmm. And so Medicare Advantage was put together as a solution to the rising cost of care. So the government said, I think that if we work with the private sector, the private sector can innovate new ways of helping manage uh, total cost of care for Medicare beneficiaries. And that started with the 1997 uh, Balanced Budget Act. Uh, from there, it was amended with Part D uh, uh, in 2005, and then Medicare Advantage has really taken off over the last several years. So that, that's the history of Medicare Advantage is why we're here today. Uh, and um, uh, there's been a lot of amazing work, uh, although it's not yet done. Yeah, and it's just, I mean, it's so interesting. It's so eye-opening. I bet everyone didn't realize they were coming to a history lesson today, but I feel like this is like the best history lesson I've ever had um, because it's really <laughs> to the point. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I do I, I do think it's just so interesting uh, learning more about like how how Medicare really does just evolve from um, people living that longer longer life. And then, you know, again, the, the fact that Medicare Advantage is here to help um, in managing that care. And yeah. in the grand scheme of things, not that long ago. I mean, it's a, like a very recent. It hasn't been around that long. It's yeah. kind of like uh, like kids are kids. My you know, my my kids' age, they like think the Macarena has been around forever and ever and ever and ever. And it turns out it hasn't. Right? It's like I remember when it was invented. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like same thing with Medicare. It hasn't been around that long. Fifty years. I, I probably shouldn't compare Medicare to Macarena, but. Uh, it, it it's actually a relatively recent phenomenon. Yeah. Like Medicare Advantage itself was, you know, hasn't been around for 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 all that long at all. No, I mean many of our parents or grandparents were around way before it was available. Yeah. And just even in the really great history lesson we just had, you talked about a couple of different evolutions within those 50 years. And so I'm curious what are some ways that it has really changed from its inception in 1965? You talked about the balanced budget in 1997, Part D in 2005. What are some of those key milestones over those last 50 years that have really transit transformed MA? I, I think that uh, the it, it's been an evolution, uh, but the really big one was that um, as we got as we built more and more machinery, more hospitals, more drugs, and that sort of thing. Medicine's gotten better, but it's gotten a lot more complicated. Mm -hmm. And I think that the reason Medicare Advantage has come along is because you need increasingly increasing levels of sophistication to deal with all of to deal with all of the complexity that arises from 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 healthcare. Yeah. Um, that that's fundamentally what I think is going on. Where do you see it going in the next three to five years? I think that the interesting thing for me is that when Medicare Advantage plans begin to work with the to take to to to, to work with Medicare to help take care of folks, um, a lot of the things that were done in the early years would I, I would say administrative in nature. It's get better contrast with hospital systems. Uh, it is put in place utilization management, put in place all these kinds of things which were useful in beginning to take cost out of the system. But a lot of the early MA plans were uh, what I call uh, actuarial in nature, 
what they were looking to do is they were looking to basically take the whole thing and try to basically move the shift the cost curve downward, but without sort of fundamentally changing how care was being delivered, if that makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. It's a, uh, they were in there like, negotiating with hospital systems for better, better rates, putting in UM, like all those different things, but they're mostly administrative pieces. Um, and I think that one of the interesting things for me has been that um, that was okay for about 15 years or so, but uh, something really interesting thing happened between, I think, 2010, 2015, where it became clear that you were at the getting to the end of that. So here's an interesting stat. Um, by the year 2015, there were 75% fewer health plans in the country than there were in 2000. Um, the reason for that is because uh, the most successful plans uh, were the base of competition was getting big, right? So, so how do you win in this world? The answer is that you get really, 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 really big. And so, it, it, and it turns out being big was more important than 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 really being good because the basis of competition was how good a rate can you get in your hospital cost, how much leverage can you get your admin expenses, all of those things, right? Yep. So what ended up happening uh, in that time period is that you saw plans getting bought by other plans by getting bought by other plans. Many people on this podcast probably remember those. They probably remember a, uh, a plan or another plan that got merged into another plan, right? And then an interesting thing happened. Um, when uh, Humana and Aetna tried to merge, uh, and the DOJ basically said, stop, that's enough. Mm. Uh, and that signaled the end of the time period in which uh, getting big was a useful basis of competition. And then from there, I think that it's interesting. That's about when Deboza got started. Because if we had started, if we had tried to get started back in 2005, 2010, I think it would have been really hard for us to do so. Uh, because it was still important to get administrative scale. But at yeah. that point, like that wasn't that was no longer the basis of competition for us. I think the next piece was getting back to the core of this: is how do you actually deliver better care? Like, what is the better care that you deliver? And by the way, I think everybody in this industry is trying to do the same thing. But I think that the difference with us is that we were able to start there with a completely clean sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. We were able to build the company for better care from the very, 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 very beginning. Uh, and for us, that's always been the reason we got in, into this into this business to begin with. It's can you actually deliver better care to folks? Can you, uh, and it's not even deliver better care. Um, to this whole question, right, it's not about trying to take, deliver better care when someone gets sick. It's can you partner with people to keep them well? Can you, can you actually do that? So that's wh where I see the industry going. Uh, and what we basically bet our entire company on is the idea of can we be a helping you keep well company? I love that. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Laura. No, sorry. I was just going to say, you know, I think one thing too is like when we talk about that better care and, and keeping someone well, I think I've heard you talk about this before too, but it's taking a look at the whole person, right? Yeah. Um, not just the incident, but taking a look at, at them from a holistic standpoint of, what else is going on with this individual? And, and I think that probably leads to potentially that better care. Yeah, going back, going back into this, right? Like when you, again, like you look at the current healthcare system, you ask, why does, is it so complicated? And uh, you, you find that, for example, the way that doctors are organized today is they're organized by body system. And so if you wanna get something done, you have the heart doctor, you have the you know, GI doctor, right? You have the orthopod, you have all these different folks in here with 
different specialties uh, in the way that they've actually gone about the work. And so you're chopped up into the body parts and each one's trying, each person's trying to do the best they can, but they're actually looking at their piece of the whole uh, puzzle. Um, and again, in a world in which things go wrong and you have people who are less than 65, that's actually the appropriate way to look at it. Like, because usually when you're younger, one of those things uh, goes wrong and you fix that one thing. In mm -hmm. the 65 and over population, everything blends. Like, like it all happens at the same time, and they're all interconnected. And so the question is, how do you actually do this uh, for the whole person? How does it all put together? And then you get beyond not only the doctors and the medications, but you get into things like nutrition, right, mm -hmm. and food and housing, uh, uh, and mental health, and all the different things that align into a whole person perspective. One thing, uh, I don't know if, how many people have read about the blue zones, right? So it's, uh, it's, it's, there's a Netflix special on it, but there are these areas of the world like Sardinia uh, or Okinawa, Japan, where people live longer, happier, healthier lives. Yes. And the question we had was how can we make it so that we can create a virtual blue zone? How do you make it so that if you're a member of Devoted, you can live a longer, happier, healthier life? And so our bet in terms of where things are going um, is very much a holistic sense. It's how do you become the best possible partner to take care of the whole person and work towards keeping them well. Like that's 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 our goal. Yeah, I just think that's I mean such a beautiful goal, and and it really leads to the point that you know we're not. It's not just health insurance anymore, right? It's not this administrative health insurance organization, but it's his healthcare. Yeah. It's wellness. It's the whole person, which is yeah. really, again, like we talked about, that's where everyone is going. And as you mentioned, the blue zone and Sardinia, I actually read an article yesterday about this place and they are paying people to come live there. So you get like a monthly stipend to come live in their, in their village. So if you are interested, you can. We're a trip. Yeah, send me the article. Yeah, but but that's exactly the idea behind this: is how do you how how do you partner with people uh, to 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 help them live the lives that they want? Uh, and and that's that's fundamentally why we're here. Um, the uh, like Tana basically always said: the mission of Devoted is to improve the health and lives of uh, uh, Americans by treating them like family. Mm -hmm. And so everything we do is based on that core core principle. Uh, and uh, you guys have heard this many times before, like our, uh, the prime directive that we give to everyone in the company from the board on down is when making a decision about a member, close your eyes and imagine that you're making a decision for someone that you love. And then open your eyes and do that thing, right? It's, it's so simple. And the interesting thing about the way the whole model works and the reason it works is because what you want for your loved ones is you'd want them to understand their health. You want for them to not go to the emergency room. You don't want them to get unnecessary surgeries uh, if there are less invasive options to try first. You want them to not be taking too many many medications that are that interact in bad ways. You want them to live healthier, happier, longer lives. Um, and uh, the the goal that we had was if you could simply just coordinate the pieces a little bit better mm -hmm. and be a point of advice, uh, a someone that you could talk to about your health, then all of the rest of this would all work. It would all work. And I think that's what makes it, it so relatable. I feel like the healthcare industry very much has this perception and it is very complex. It's a very complicated system. 
and boiling it down to that simplicity of everyone can relate to wanting their family member to get the care that they need and the love that they deserve to live a happy, healthy life. That yeah. is something that can be consumed and can be relatable across the board. Yeah, we want we want our parents or our family members to be able to have someone that they can call and can help them get to that next step or um, that will call them even and help them in getting to that next step. So Yeah, totally. Like we built this company to be the members, the company that are that everybody would entrust with their own families. Uh, and people have, like so many of our, uh, uh, both our, our, our own employees, uh, both the, the, the folks on the team, and actually so many of our brokers have put themselves undevoted and put their families undevoted. And like, again, thank you. Uh, if anyone out there is either undevoted or has their families undevoted, thank you so much for your trust. My in-laws just joined this year. They're new. Yeah. Oh, well, that, well, that's, well, your in-laws, that's, that's, that's dangerous. Like, uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I hope it, uh, I, I hope Thanksgiving is okay. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. And Ed, we've talked a little bit, you've spent some time talking about the role that Devoted has played in kind of the evolution of MA. And we want to create this system where people live their best, happy, healthiest lives. How do you see that happening? How do you see that operationally taking effect? So one, the first thing that you'll notice when you start working with uh, Devoted is that the people on, that you talk with on the phone are happy. Like they like talking with you. Um, and we did that on, on purpose. Uh, I know there are a bunch of other folks who have decided to offshore customer service or, or do other things, um, but for us, the most important thing to do is to have a relationship with each and every member. Like that's really, really important to us because if you don't have a relationship, you can't actually begin to talk about all the ways that you can help. Uh, it also is really, really important that we can get the basics done well. So the internals of the company are uh, put together really, really, really thoughtfully to make sure that we can answer questions. So if we can't get you your ID card, for example, like what's the chance that you're you're going to trust us with, you know, helping with your medications? Like you're not right. going to trust us. Like you actually have to be really, really good and competent at all the different pieces that that uh, that we do in order to have the trust to do the the more important things. And so I think what folks should should see from us as you begin to interact with us is you will see higher levels of service. Uh, and higher levels of care. And what the reason that we invested so much in that is because we are trying to make sure that we develop enough relationship such that as it relates to all the other things that matter, right? Like nutrition and diabetes management, and hypertension management and medication management and uh, transition to care out of the hospital, we want to be there for you mm -hmm. in all cases. And that starts with the relationship. I think that's such a unique relationship too, right? Is that we're saying, call us we want you to be um we we want to we want to talk to you we want to have these conversations with you um and i think even just interesting for brokers to hear you know we this is a service team where they can trust their members to call us and we will not just service them from a surface level standpoint we will be able to service them from again that whole person standpoint and so to for the brokers to trust that our service team is there for their members i think is really important Totally. It's so important for me to underscore to the, the brokers that this is a whole team effort. This is like from our perspective at, at the way this all works is 
that it's the, the brokers, it's us, it's the doctors, um, uh, and the, the member, all, all together at the same time. Uh, you can call it the member, the client, the patient, but it's all the same person, right? All, 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 all together. Uh, and the broker's job is to really understand how do I help this person? Like that's, that's, that, that's their job, right? Uh, and if they then look at us as a way to follow through on the promise of making sure that they're actually helping them in the way they think, we're an extension of that promise. And so we want to make sure that we live up to that promise and that there are two way, sort of there, there's two-way communication between us and them. Uh, because if something goes wrong, we want to make sure that they can call us and we can actually help out. And when things go right, we want to make sure that uh, we continue to live up to the levels of service and the level of promise that we have said that we that 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 uh, that, that is our goal. Uh, and so it, for us, it really is a team effort. It's um, uh, I guess the, the old saying, "There's no I in team," right? It's it's not at the end of the day, it's not about us, right? It's not about devote. Yeah. Uh, we we have a model uh, that uh, we think plugs in well. Uh, with the trust that brokers have with their with their clients, and if we can follow through on that trust and help brokers make sure that um, uh, that their clients are well taken care of, then maybe the clients will tell other clients, right? And where the mouth will go, and people can grow their books, and everybody can be happy together. I love that. All right. Well, Stephanie, are we, um, do you think we're, we're ready for a wild card question? Because I feel like we've made some really good points here and I'm always just so excited to see where you're going to go with this wild card question. You didn't give me this question ahead of time. No, I didn't give this one ahead of time, but maybe before we get to that wild card question, um, mind if I ask Ed, if there's any like final things that you want our burgers to walk away from this conversation with, um, like one final thing, what would that be? Mm -hmm. uh, you guys are part of the family, right? Like, I think that you, I want for you guys to, to recognize that we think that this is such a complicated problem that's no one organization that can do it. Uh, we want you to know that there's an open door. We want you to know that you're valued, that we understand it, that this is a healthcare, uh, uh, in Medicare Advantage in particular, is a people business. It always has been and always will be. It's about trust and it's about delivery. And can you actually take this unbelievably complex thing and distill it down and make sure that you can make a series of recommendations uh, to help people help themselves that will allow them to live the lives that they want? Um, and so I just want to say for those of you who have already uh, worked with us, thank you so much. Uh, for those of you who are considering it, please jump in. The water's warm. Uh, we're going to be here for a very, very long time. Uh, we're growing really fast. Uh, and just thank you for thank you for the consideration. Thank you. Perfect. Are we ready for the wild card? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're done dishing, and now it's time for the wild card question. I can tell, Ed, you're you're very intrigued. You're I'm very intrigued. I'm very intrigued. Leaning in. <laughs> I like this. Okay. So I was going to go the Valentine's Day route because you know we just did that. But I felt like that was just too easy. So we're going to switch it up. And if you are going either into your car, or going on to a walk, or having yourself a little dance party in your house, what is your go-to music genre? Like to lift the spirits, get the vibe going, what is your go-to? 
Oh, that changes a lot these days. It's interesting. Uh, but I will, what I will say right now is I'm on a Frank Sinatra kick. Yes. So, right. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it is a uh, it's uh, it's for sure it's for sure my way, right? Or or strangers in that like so it's a right now I think Frank Sinatra and uh, that whole uh, whole stream of grinners. Yes. It's just really it's relaxing. It's just like nice and just super chill to listen to. And like it's interesting. Like for some reason, it's like cool for kids these days too because. I guess they play Sinatra on TikTok, which, which is what they hear about it. And so they don't mind when I put it on too. So like that's a, that's a plus. That's so great. Okay, so I have a on Spotify, I have a shared uh, playlist with one of my best friends. And she sent me a text the other day. She's like, are you the one that's listening to all of the Tony Bennett and the Frank Sinatra and like the oldies? She's like, where's this coming from? I'm like, yep, that's me. Yeah, no, it's a, I did not jump on this bandwagon recently, but now I feel like I need oh, to. Oh, no, no, no. Like Sinatra, Tony Bennett, uh, Nat King Cole. Like, yeah. So, so good. So good. That's so funny. Okay, yeah. Laura, how about you? So, really funny question because we actually um, were throwing a dance party in my house uh, with the kids yesterday. And, um, but it ranged depending on who picked the song. So, of course, it started with Lady Gaga, you know, my six year old putting. <laughs> putting on Bloody Mary. And then we've got, you know, my son put on country music and, and, uh, you know, woke up on the wrong side of the truck bed. And then we've got, you know, my three-year-old putting on wheels on the bus. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so I don't think I really have much of a choice in my household. It's like, okay, well, it's... <laughs> and like whatever oh. they put on and then I just end up rocking out too. But yeah, we were dance partying it up in our, uh, in our living room. <laughs> Just a little something for everybody. You know, a little yeah. sample platter of music. I like this. That's amazing. Oh, uh, that's good. Okay. Um, I'm a I'm a wide range. I love to like cook to Frank Sinatra and like that era. That's like my jam. I dig that a lot. Um, I also grew up on the oldies. That was what my parents played, like oldies and like rock. Um, but if I'm like having a dance party or need to vibe it out, it's usually I put on some old school hip hop and just like get the beats going okay that's my jam awesome well it's so good to thank you for having me on the show yes Thanks, and Ed. before you leave really quick i know we've got like one extra minute here to do this because hold on you gotta you gotta dance it out ed yeah. oh, okay <laughs> sorry we have to dance it out to leave all right <laughs> bookend here we go ready and All good. Was All so right. good. I Thanks, have, uh, Ed. Nurse myself enough. Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks you.